With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning. Welcome to Elvis Targeted Individual Community Call. It's Sunday, June 19, 2016. Um, I came across an article from Max Blumenthal and Sarah Lazar. Posted at alternate.org. January 19, 2016, before Omar Mateen committed mass murder, the FBI tried to lure him into a terror plot. So what does luring mean? Well, what they do is they say, oh, that person's suspect, so we're going to send in a confidential informant to radicalize that person and see if they'll take the bait. And then right before, so say that person takes the bait, and then they'll provide them with training, location, whatever. And right before the person is set to commit the act, then the FBI swoops in and says, oh, we got another terrorist. So they're claiming the entrapment part is not relevant because the person commit, was willing to commit it. But who are you radicalizing into extremism? And what type of informants are you using? And how much do they get paid to commit these acts, to provoke, to entrap, to set up? So before Omar Mateen committed mass murder, the FBI tried to lure him into a terror plot by Max Blumenthal, Sarah Lazar, at alternate.org, June 19, 2016. Before Omar Mateen gunned down 49 patrons at the LGBTQ Pulse nightclub in Orlando, the FBI attempted to induce his participation in a terror plot. Sheriff Ken Mascara of Florida's Street, Florida Street, Lucy County, told the Vero Beach Press Journal that after Mateen threatened a courthouse deputy in 2013 by claiming he could order al-Qaeda operatives to kill his family, the FBI dispatched an informant to lure Omar into some kind of act, and Omar did not bite. While self-styled terror experts and former counter-terror officials have criticized the FBI for failing to stop Mateen before he committed a massacre, the new revelation raises the question of whether the FBI played a role in shifting his mindset towards an act of violence. All that is known at present is that an FBI informant attempted to push Mateen into agreeing to stage a terror attack in hopes that he would fall into the law enforcement's dragnet. This is the technique the Federal Bureau of Investigation has used to entrap scores of young often mentally troubled Muslim men, and send them to prison for as long as 25 years. As Aviva Stahl reported for, for Alternate Gray Zone Project, the FBI recently encouraged an apparently mentally disturbed convert to Islam named James Medina to bomb a South Florida synagogue and pledge allegiance to ISIS, a militant group he had no prior affiliation with. Now on trial for planning to commit an act of terror with a weapon of mass destruction, Medina is insisting through his lawyers that he is mentally ill.
Trevor Aronson, a journalist and author of Terror Factory Inside the FBI's Manufactured War on Terror, revealed that nearly half of terror cases between 9-11-2001 and 2010 involved informants, many of whom were themselves criminals, raking in as much as $100,000 from the FBI. Is it possible that the FBI is creating the very enemies we fear? Aronson wondered. The revelations of the FBI or Federal Bureau of Investigation manipulation cast Mateen's case in a uniquely troubling light. Though he refused to bite when an FBI asset attempted to push him into a manufactured plot, he wound up carrying out a real act of spectacular brutality and allegedly swore loyalty to ISIS in the midst of it. Now the question is whether FBI was right to pursue that team before he could kill or whether it played an influencing role in shaping his attitudes towards politically motivated violence. It looks like it's pretty much standard operating procedure for preliminary inquiries to interview the subject or pitch the person to become an informant and or plant an undercover or informant close by to see if the person bites on the suggestion. Colleen Rowley, a former FBI agent and division counsel whose May 2002 memo to the FBI director exposed some of the FBI's pre-9-11 failures, told Alternate, in the case of Mateen, since he already worked for a security contractor, G4S, he was either too savvy to bite on the pitch or he may have even become indignant that he was, being, he was targeted in that fashion. These pitches and use of people can backfire. To highlight the danger of relying on informants, Raleigh pointed out to the case of Human Kail Al-Balawi, B-A-L-A-W-I, a Jordanian position whom the CIA used to gather intelligence on Al-Qaeda. The CIA ignored obvious warning signs that Balawi extremist online manifestos and never subjected him to a vetting process. While Balawi claimed he to have penetrated al-Qaeda's inner circle, he was actually exploiting his CIA security clearance to plan a major attack. On December 30, 2009, Balawi strode into Camp Chapman in Kost, Afghanistan and detonated an explosive vest that killed seven CIA agents and wounded six more, the deadliest attack on CIA personnel in 25 years. For his part, Mateen displayed many of the personal vulnerabilities that typify both, tip, yeah, typify both FBI informant and the fellow Muslims they attempt to ensnare in bogus terror plots. Raised in a troubled home by an abusive mother and an apparently deranged father, Mateen exhibited signs of erratic, violent behavior throughout his life. His ex-wife told reporters that he physically abused her and was unstable and mentally ill. As he transformed from a chubby adolescent to a burly young man, with the help of steroids, he yearned for a career in law enforcement. Seven months into a job as a prison guard in 2007, Mateen was fired for threatening to bring a gun to class. He settled on a career as a low-level security guard for G4S Security Solutions, a global security firm that employed him for nine years. Though Mateen's application to two police departments were rejected, he was able to pass a G4 background check and receive several guard assignments. 
The world's third largest private employer, G4S, has accumulated a staggering record of human rights abuses, including accusations of child torture. While the full extent of Mateen's contact with the FBI is unknown, it is clear that it extended into the realm of planning a bogus terror attack. The question now is whether manipulation by a FBI informant had any impact on Mateen's deadly decision. The FBI should scrutinize the operating procedures where they use undercover and informants and pitch people to become informants, said Rowley. They must recognize that if, in the case with Mateen, it has horrible consequences, if it did, it, it, in fact, backfired. So Max Blumenthal is a senior editor uh, of the Gray Zone Project at Alternet and an award-winning author of Goliath and Republican Gamora. His most recent book is The 51-Day War, Ruin and Resistance in Gaza. So that's Max Blumenthal. So again, here's the thing. They, not, they target people. You know, you have to have some type when they assess them, like your perpetrator community. Look how fast they were broken to jump on board and actively participate and then turn into these radicalized extremists that are committing indiscriminate acts of violence against someone within their community. That's terrorism. So you have handlers, informants. Hey, you guys got to see what's going on over here. Look at what's going on. Look at this person. And then sure enough, people want to be a part of it. But what type of personality types? What is the psychopathology? Well, these, this guy's a little bit unstable, so and he seems to have a whatever. So we're going to use informants to, radical, uh, to radicalize them. And then we'll sweep in and pretend like we're the heroes of the day. So is that what they're going to do with the nationwide network of civilian perpetrators that they radicalize into extremism under the guise of Neighborhood Watch? community liaison programs, see something, say something. Oh, well, they weren't supposed to do that. Radicalizing people into extremism. Tactical operations being utilized by the state to set people up. And then they use their civilian snitches to lie about the target to get more people into their fold. so that they'll deploy and execute the operations for them so they can, quote-unquote, have several degrees of separation from who they are and what they have truly been involved with. That's why I always say state, corporate, and academia sponsored, sanctioned, and covered up. Oh, they get to keep their hands clean because they use the civilian population to do all the dirty work for them. But the architectural structure, the tactical operations, some from state and corporate, and sometimes academia. So did was this person already on the edge, so all they needed was an informant to push him over? And he went out on his own and did something. So they blame the targets, but it's not the target. It's who's radicalizing the civilian population so that they could try to keep their hands clean if the target does something. But I'll tell you something about TIs. 
I'd say in the first six months you're broken, and you either do one of you might do one of two things: either you take it out on yourself, or in the case of a couple younger targets, male targets, they went outward. But most targets are vetted before they're even targeted, especially if they're trying to recruit and train personnel, and they want to be safe. So they're not gonna they're not gonna send trainees into say East Salinas or East Oakland or some of these gang related areas because those people would retaliate instantaneously. And then what kind of trainees would you have? You'd have dead trainees because they would be assassinated. So they go and pick on old women, older women or men. And they destroy their lives because they figure, hey, they're old already. They're going to die, so what difference does it make? We could attribute any of the negative biological effects on their age. But in reality, it's an act of terror. Terrorism. Cyber terrorism. Domestic terrorism. Biological, technological terrorism. Because, see, I don't make up the terms. I use the terms that they identify from state, um, you know, from the state, from the Department of Defense, from the State Department. And I use the terms that they create, and then I turn it around and show how everything that they're doing is terrorism, including radicalizing people into extremism, because that's what I deal with. I deal with the community that has bought in to the negative false light propaganda and the false flag operations. False flag operations, operations which are are specifically designed to deceive the public, usually deployed and executed by governments, corporations, and or civilian organizations, which are explicitly designed to deceive the public in such a way that the operations appear as if they're being conducted by someone else That's a false flag operation. And community after community, state after state, lock, stock, and smoke and barrel, the civilian population falls for the lie. But in some of these communities, they became so extreme and so hate-filled that they killed that targeted individual. So then, of course, we have a New York Times article that comes out trying to discredit a community, most of whom were making a living wage, higher than above, above average living wage, highly educated. They don't all just fall prey to that. They have been targeted by the state sanctioning and using the civilian population to carry out their dirty work for them. I don't think it. I know it. Nobody could publish something like I did on my website long before the operations are proving to be true. Not conspiracy theory. Maybe when I wrote it back in the day, you could have said, well, that's conspiracy theory. Until the leaks start coming out, until the president says they're working on a brain project, until Snowden does his leak and another leak and another leak and another leak and you find this information and you see the tactical operations and then someone's already published it. Not because they have psychic abilities, but because of the victim 
of their crimes, state corporate and academia. They know who they are. So was one more person radicalized into extremism? Well, I look around me every day to civilian population under the guise of Neighborhood Watch, community-based liaison programs, see something, say something. These people who have become radicalized extremists committing indiscriminate acts of violence against an unarmed, defenseless human being, law-abiding. And none of them being charged with the crimes that they have been committing. So this is another food for thought. Who do you pick? Well, I already told you that Everyone in the perpetrator community has a, a certain kind of personality type that makes them fodder for manipulation into these type of organized terrorist, domestic terrorist groups. They don't just pick someone who's got, you know, an, uh, a, a social, um, you know, a moral or ethical code. They look for people who lack that. And when they're being talked to by a handler or someone who wants to recruit, they know the keywords to utilize and see how they react to certain things. And that's what makes them fodder for recruitment. It is not because they are the, they have, they're the pillars of mental health. It's because they are either borderline or full-blown. And they have a psychopathology that makes them unique in the sense that they could be recruited and manipulated into this cult type of behavior. So the handlers that are recruiting them, and they'll tell them, oh, you passed the test. Yeah, you passed the test because you're a sociopath or you're a psychopath. Well, you're a narcissist. But we won't tell you that. We'll just say that you're the best and the brightest. So you feed their egos, you know, especially those narcissists. So you're, these people weren't recruited because they were the pillars of mental health. It was because the borderline personality type makes them easy to recruit and to commit these type of acts of violence against unarmed, defenseless human beings. Period. So whether someone who commits the act, like a Mateen or someone, to a community that gets directed energy so that they don't kill you outright with kinetic force, they use all the other tactical operations. But what is the personality type of people who could push a button and electrocute or burn a human being and do it repeatedly to that person? Well, that's a psychopath. That's a sociopath. They don't feel any remorse. That's a narcissist. And they love to feed the egos of your perpetrator community because they believe that they're chosen. Yeah, you were chosen because you have a pathology that makes you fodder to commit indiscriminate acts of violence. That's what your perpetrator community is. So when they go around pointing the finger like the New York Times did to a targeted individual, they need to pick up a mirror and take a good hard look at their own reflections. What makes these type of people willing to commit indiscriminate acts of violence based on, all it was based on was a negative false flight narrative of a human being. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.